cream. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Flying saucers, which are really, yeah, you got it, time machines. I think a lot about this kind of stuff, about this kind of stuff. <laughs> you think this is the real Quaid? It is, it is, it is. All right, welcome back to Tarantino's. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the movies that scarred us. We're going to be diving into three particular scenes from three different movies that left a mark, but not in a good way. Uh, Three scenes that kind of emotionally scarred us. And uh, we want to kind of have a fun kind of nostalgia trip when we're talking about these three scenes. And it's it's actually a topic that you came up with, Angel. Uh, why, why, you know, why the concept? Well, uh, my thing is there's, there's kind of like the movies that inspire you that make you want to do certain things or try certain things. And then there's the movies that you don't forget because they left a scar. Like you don't walk by a cracked closet door, you know what I mean? Something <laughs> like that. Cause something bad that happened. And I just always remembered those ones first. It's like they say in poker, you don't remember your big wins, but you remember your close losses. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like some things you try to remember and other ones you can't forget. And these are definitely can't forgets. Yeah, I was going back in my memory banks and coming up with three particular movies that really kind of affected me when I was younger. And there was, a, yeah, there was a couple of movies that I, I would say, did I make this up? Or was this a real <laughs> memory, you know? And I had to really kind of concentrate and come up with three different things. And yeah, I think this is a great idea for our topic. I think we're going to leave this open so we could come back and dip into it later. Uh, maybe this could be a, a, a continuous uh, topic that we go back to. Yeah, because three is really not even a fair. <laughs> it's not even like a 1% of the total scenes in movies that discard us. So let's get into it. By the way, I should I should mention that my name is Michael Morales, and I'm here with Angel. Let's have another Delion. <laughs> and so this is a podcast that kind of deals with movies that we grew up with, and we we love to talk about some of the the movies that we love. And and in this case, we're going to be talking about some of the movies that really scared the shit out of us. Uh, let's start with you. Wait, real quick, before we start, can I give one shout out? Oh yeah, I know we have like two listeners, but uh, let me name one. Her name is Anita. I actually met her when me and your sister, Mike, used to work back in the day. She's a, a new listener, and she <laughs> likes to listen to us while she walks. I guess we uh, we take her mind off uh, all the ghetto areas she has to walk through. She just concentrates on our stories, our voices, help her get her through. So, Adina, if you're listening to this one, or if we, <laughs> I don't know, we could have always lost you, but I just want to say hi to you. Well, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, this is for you. <laughs> All right, let's start with you, Angel. Let's start with your first um, big movie, horror movie scene that really scared the shit out of you. Okay. See, you say big movie. These are not big movies. Like okay. I, I told you before, like, <laughs> this is my whole premise for my psyche is, like, me and my brother, we had the little video store. We used to rent everything in the horror from A to Z. Like, we'd get there at 10 when it opened. We'd watch a movie and return it, like, at noon. He wouldn't charge us another dollar. It was always a dollar. Okay, so my first one is there was a movie, 1987, called The Kindred. Oh, dear God, he's still living. He's still alive. The Kindred. And how many of them were there? There were four. Then you must go up there this instant and end the experiment. Burn the journals. Oh, my God! The Kindred. 
We are not all the same creature under the skin. It wow. was a Stephen Carpenter movie, not to be confused with John Carpenter, who makes good movies. And I remember watching this movie because we rented it because of the cover. It was a, a baby bottle. And in the baby bottle had like this lizard looking thing in there. So we figured, cool, like aliens, monsters, whatever. So what it's actually about, it's like a mad scientist. He's kind of trying to play God. Anyway, the scene that used to bug me was uh, this guy goes to this house and he's ringing on the doorbell and the guy, there's a guy downstairs and all you hear is this cat meowing. And as you pan in, it looks like the guy's kind of doing surgery. And then as you look closer, like it gets closer, what it is, it's uh, he's working on a cat, but he's got the cat open and the cat has no skin. Okay. <laughs> so it's just tendons and meat, you know, and you know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like just like when you look at the, like the medical books, like the, the medical books. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, just no skin no skin and it's still meowing and moving but like not in real life it would have been moving like twitching but it's just kind of the heads moving back and forth the tail is still wiggling and the guy is like trying to ignore the doorbell and he's still cutting into the cat and the cat is still meowing and the guy's like damn it and he takes his towel and just puts it over the cat and like he answers the doorbell like the intercom thing and as he's talking in the background, you still hear the cat and you still see the sheet moving. You haven't fallen in love with chemicals, have you, Harry? Hey, that's my business. All right, that's your business. That just, it fucked me up. That was the weirdest thing I'd ever, it was almost like it had no reason to be there. And it's just, it wasn't even like, they didn't even like the effect of they wanted to show how they did this cat because it wasn't even like they zoomed in on the cat. Uh-huh. It was just in front of the dude. So you're just looking and in the foreground as you're looking, you're like, what the hell? And then it's like, is that a cat? And you're listening. And then all of a sudden you're like, that cat's got no skin. You know what I mean? It's just, and I think I was, oh man, I was 10 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's something odd. Wait, and- so is this a, a zombie movie? No, it was one of those, he's just trying to like split DNA. It's like, okay, the actual actor that did it, uh, I had to look him up. I think it was Rod Steiger. Okay. And who he was, was the, um, you ever seen Pool Hall Junkies? No, but. Uh, That's the only other thing I've seen him in because he's been in a ton of movies, but he's like an older actor. He was in Mars Attack. Mars yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the guy that when they do the movie clips where he's like, where he screams. Yeah. What was it? Uh, what was he screaming? I can't remember. Uh, God. We have to strike now, sir. Annihilate. Kill. 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 Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Like, no. Like, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the one screaming. Yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. The, t- and, yeah, um, the Tim Burton, quite a great film, uh, Mars Attacks. And so he's the, playing the guy who's cutting into he's the- He's the, the scientist. He's the one that's cutting into the cat. And so the, is the cat dead or is it no, re- the react? cat's alive? <laughs> oh, shit. He's trying to see how much he can do to the cat before the cat finally just expires, basically, what? is what I think it is. What the fuck he's is this He's testing movie? the limits because oh. he wants, he's like a mad scientist. He's trying to like beat God and splice people together. I watched the whole thing again the other night just because we're coming up with the stuff. Uh-huh. And in the end, it ended and I still had almost no idea what it was about. <laughs> And this, it was, this is something that you, you rented and it was something that you saw in your bedroom or something like that? No, 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 when I was 10, we watched it in the living room. Uh-huh. And it was just like, 
and I looked, it was funny because I remember we were watching and I looked at my brother and he was just watching it. I don't think he caught on that the cat was uh, skinless. Because maybe if the cat was just alive or it wouldn't have been so bad. Like maybe the guy's like a torture guy, but it didn't have any skin. <laughs> and it's like, like, so when it moved, it's kind of like the, it, you could see that, I don't know, uh, like whoever did the the actual um, effects was kind of cool. But I think you can kind of see that they sprayed it down to make it look moist, uh-huh. so that when the when it when it moved, like the little red tendon things, kind of it looked like almost like the muscle was flexing. Ah, dude, it was disgusting, and I, I felt the same way when I watched it the other day as when I first watched it. Wow, really? Wow. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's disgusting. It, it still holds something in your in your stomach. Yeah, and I know it's not the effects because it looks cheesy as hell now. Uh-huh. But it's the fact that why would you want to show a skinless <laughs> cat? And it, it, it's the meowing, too. It's it's meows the whole time. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Is it the concept that freaks you out? I mean, when you when you look back to some of these scenes, it's, it's more the concept than actual, the kind of the, the gory part of, of the movie. Maybe it's you the situation. What? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's like. It's not like the cat killed his friend and now he's torturing the cat. Yeah. You know, there was no there was no uh, real subcontext to it via anything that the movie showed so far. Because this is just when they first showed the dude. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is your intro to him and kind of how crazy he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I guess for that part, but as a kid, I was expecting a little more buildup for this guy to be that wacko. But it doesn't matter how it went down. It's just that scene. Like, that, dude, that was like, that was 35 years ago, man. Still, <laughs> still crazy to me. I don't know. And it's just, and like I said, I couldn't remember anything else in the movie. And when I watched it again, there was really nothing else to remember because it was <laughs> that bad of a flick. But yeah, it still had that scene. And it's funny because I felt it coming up. Like the dude's like driving in the dark <laughs> and he comes up to the house and I'm like, oh shit, this is right. This is where it happens. And, like I, my brain still knew when it was coming. It was funny. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's that's great. That's great. So that's my first one, the kindred, the scene with the the cat with no skin. Mm. Um, my first pick is a movie. It was a. It's actually a TV movie. <laughs> it's a, a, a two part a two part TV miniseries that came out in 1980. It was based on the real life uh, tragedy. It was 1980, so I was must have been like four years old. I was very young, and I think when you're young in that in that age, uh, you kind of don't really understand horror or don't really don't understand tragedy or like real life tragedy. Tragedy, and uh, I guess be, the reason why I was so affected by it is because my my mother was watching this this show, this movie, and she was really into it, and she was really affected by it. And I think when you're that young, you kind of uh, intuitively kind of feel your, you know, the anxiety of your adults, the, the adults around you. And so it's a it's a movie about a real life event. It's called Guyana Tragedy, the story of Jim Jones. We have arrived! From the beginning, he knew he was different. It was Jim Jones that made this happen. What drove him to search for his own paradise on Earth? Why did so many trust their lives to it? What made people yield to him spiritually and physically? 
how could he blind them to his own adulteries and weaknesses? Based on the true story, Guyana Tragedy, the story of Jim Jones, and now the television event of the year. This is the the real-life story about the 1978 mass murder-suicide in Jonestown, uh, Guyana. Uh, Jim Jones is played by the terrific character actor uh, Powers Booth. And he plays the cult leader, Jim Jones. And if you don't really remember that story, he is the guy who kind of was run out of town. And I think he was in San Francisco. He had a huge congregation. And he had, uh, um, uh, he I don't know how he got the land, but he was able to get this land in Guyana, which is part of uh, the upper part of uh, Africa. And he got this little land in, 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 in the jungles of Guyana. And he started a commune, a hippie commune, and it, and he it's a cult. It was a cult, and uh, it was based on a true story. It's based on a, 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 part of the story is that there was a congressman who went down there with with his staff members and a news crew. They were getting complaints about this cult and how he was abusing the people there. He was help, holding them hostage, and he was like maybe sexually abusing the the women in his in his cult, and so. Um, the congressman went down there. They spent a, spent like two days there, and on the way back, uh, Jim Jones ordered his assassination, and they killed the congressman. Uh, a couple of people escaped, but Jim Jones said, "Well, this is it. This is my downfall. They're definitely coming to get me." So he came up with the decision to kill his congregation, kill all, all his followers, and how he did it was he uh, laced the Kool Aid. With so, so this is the whole, yeah, this is the punch, the space the, punch. This thing, is right? the, this is, yeah, this is where we get the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and so, so the scene I'm thinking of is very, is very much the last scene of the, of the, of the two part miniseries. And it, again, this is like a memory that I didn't know if this happened, was this a real movie? And I had to look it up and yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, so it's a scene where he is uh, distributing the, the Kool-Aid, the, the, cyanide laced kool-aid to the villagers or his people his followers and they're knowing full well that they're drinking poison because they they think this is kind of part of the radical revolution of this religion and he's thinking that this you know they're coming to get him anyway so this is kind of a a radical stance against the establishment or whatever and so they're drinking the kool-aid and they kind of <laughs> the people are spread out and they're lying on the ground and they're dying and they're you know they're dead, and Jim Jones is like sitting in the in the, in on a chair in the middle of this village. He's speaking into a PA system, and you know Powers Booth has that great kind of voice, and he's talking into it, and he's like, "I don't know who fired this shot. I don't know who killed the congressman, but as far as I'm concerned, I killed him. He had no business coming. I told him not to come." I tried so very, very hard. And he was able to convince like nearly everyone in his congregation that, that you know, that they were, this is it. You know, I think a, a few people were able to escape. It was almost like nine, over 900 people murdered, suicide murder. Over 300 of those victims were kids. So these were adults with their, were, with their children. And you said you were a kid when you saw this, right? I was four years old. I was four years watching this, grown adults, 
They're drinking cyanide. Like Kool Aid. <laughs> I love Kool Aid, of course. And I'm watching them die on 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 the TV. And I think I don't really couldn't understand the concept. I'm, I was like, I, I guess I was thinking to myself, am I watching a documentary? Am I watching something real? Is this really acting? I guess I knew what acting was. Yeah, is this the news? <laughs> yeah. And but and it's also had that kind of early 80s, late 70s kind of feel. It felt like a documentary. And the final scene, this is the scene really, because the final scene is like he's on, he's talking in the PA system. He's talking about how. You know, go to sleep, my children, and stuff like that. We didn't commit suicide. We committed a revolutionary act of suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. And the final shot of the movie, it's like a close-up of Powers Booth as Jim Jones. The camera slowly pulls in into a really tight close-up of his face. And then we hear a gunshot off camera. And his head cocks back, and he's dead. And I guess... He kills himself. He shoots himself. So he didn't drink anything. He shot himself. He, uh, apparently, he shot himself. And, oh, and his, after he, after he kills everyone, and then the credit cuts. <laughs> it cuts to the credit. You know, I'm like, and this is like what ten o'clock, and I have to go to sleep. You know, <laughs> you know. And my, you know, back then, my mother doesn't. Say prayers, go to bed. Yeah, my mother doesn't explain to me. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I have a parent, I have, I have those type of parents that really doesn't need to explain a lot. You know, they kind of leave you to your own devices. And she didn't really explain to me what, what I just saw or what the hell happened. It was only later kind of, I heard about the story, but you know, because of this, this, this document or this uh, two part miniseries, I've always been fascinated by the Jim Jones story. But yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a fascinating story. And, and, you know, we know the, the saying, don't drink the Kool-Aid, but it really comes from this really dark <laughs> place of history. And, and uh, really, <laughs> I don't know. It's that's, a, that's it, horrible, it, it fucking, it fucking tripped me out, man. It tripped me out. I was four years, I was four years old. And I, I think that's some really probably, if I think about it, it's really like kind of the first time I realized that there were like real evil in the world, you know? Yeah. And these, these, oh, these, these is real stories that out there. I don't know. I was freaked out by it. Especially since the, the parents didn't help the kids. They had the kids drink the juice. Yeah. Too. I think that was the kind of the, 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 the strangest thing or the, the, the weirdest kind of feeling in your gut when you see the children sleeping with the, with their, with their parents and their adults. And it's, it's, it, I can't find the, the, I can't find the movie. I mean, there's, there's a, like a, a really cheesy, poor quality, uh, video on youtube you could find that there uh but yeah i would like to i might have to check this out again but that's crazy it's it's a but it's a i would say that's really terrific terrific performance by powers booth and he that was this is my first this is the first time i noticed powers booth as an actor and and he's a guy who i always really love too oh yeah but yeah this is a incredibly disturbing drama that they aired back then on TV, on public TV. <laughs> I'm sure uh, the target audience wasn't four. No, no, it wasn't. And it was late at night, and I maybe shouldn't have watched it. But, you know, I was captivated by it because of, you know, seeing my mother being so obsessed with it. I think she re- must have read the story, must have heard the story. And and she was, I, I remember, just remember feeling that, you know, she is very on edge. And so that made, it made it worse. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's a it's a memory I will always have about that, particularly at the end, where he's talking to a whole village of dead people. It's just such a haunting image. All right, so what's your second scene now? 
Okay, you know it's weird. I'm looking at the uh, I I pulled up on IMDb. I pulled up your the movie you're talking about, and Brad Dorif is in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, which is funny because he leads me into my second one. All right, he's in my second uh, movie. Okay, 1990s Grim Prairie Tales. What? I'm gonna tell you a story that'll stick to you like an eyeball to a cactus needle. There is a grim menace in the West, stalking the weary traveler. Its name is Terror. Grim Prairie Tales. It's disgusting. It's just sick. Where did you dredge up a story like that? You liked it. <laughs> grim Prairie Tales. Okay, this is a... Uh, uh, okay, it starts... James Earl Jones, okay. right? Big name. Yeah, yeah. Brad Dorf. It's also got William Atherton. But mm-hmm. anyway, so Brad Dorf is uh, it's it's set in the, like the Wild West days. So he's traveling. Uh, he's going uh, east, and uh, he basically runs into uh, James Earl Jones, who's a bounty hunter, and he's got a body on the back of his horse, and he's going west to collect the bounty. So they cross, and James Earl Jones wants to spend. Share his fire, spend the night at the camp, at his little campsite. It's just him alone, Brad Dourif alone. So he says, yeah. So then basically James Earl Jones like, you know, when people meet like this, they should share something. And so they decide to share stories. Okay. Hmm. So each side, uh, James Earl Jones has stories. Brad Dourif has stories. So what it is, is they kind of get into an out doing each other story contest. Hmm. And so, in, during the story contest, and there are uh, most of the stories are kind of almost like a like uh, like parables, like the whole grim fairy tales type of deal, like or fairy tales, like, the you know learn stuff and be wary of things. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> James Earl Jones tells his first story, and uh, Brad Dourif's not too overwhelmed with it, so he goes to tell him. He tells him a second story. And the second story is that there's a, a guy and he's traveling by himself and he runs across a woman and she's pregnant. And he asks if he can, uh, if she's going the same way, if she'd like to, you know, travel with him. And, you know, just because it's not safe, blah, blah, blah. She agrees. They, they strike up a conversation. So, like, it's either that night or the next night. <laughs> um, they're talking by the fire and she starts to tell him that he's such a nice guy and that basically... She really likes him, and she, from her, where she was pregnant, she pulls out, like, a extra set of clothes and a blanket and stuff, and she pulls it out and puts it down, and she goes, I wasn't really pregnant. It's just safer. Like, if she comes across Indians or just men with bad intentions, if she's pregnant, they, they'd leave her alone, so she pretends to be pregnant. Okay? Okay. So, that makes sense, right? So, they're sitting by the fire, and they're talking. She starts to basically come on to this guy i'm sorry i lied i had to lie i couldn't tell whether i could trust you or not whether or not you were a good man but you're different tom you are a good man you you're not pregnant i felt safer that way when people see you're pregnant they treat you differently i did it because of the men that came before you but you're different i don't want to pretend with you tommy you're a good man you're a decent man and he's i think he's on his way to meet his wife and so she's like basically teasing and teasing and then he finally can't stand it. And so he like, they start making out and they start doing it, right? <laughs> I 
<laughs> and okay, so this what what year is this movie? Okay, it's nineteen ninety, so I'm thirteen. So uh, yeah, I I want to see movies where people are doing it. So cool. <laughs> and so, uh, I my brother's two years younger, so he's like eleven. We're watching this. So as like he's on top of her, she's like laying back, you know, whatever. It's not like an X-rated, so they got clothes on. And all of a sudden, the guy's on top, and as he's going, he starts to like go ow, ah, and he starts to scream. He gets sucked into her. They show his butt go flat like a balloon. It disappear. And like he folds backwards. Like his spine goes back to like hit his legs. And uh-huh. it all goes almost like they, they should play the kazoo. It goes, it goes right into her. And all of a sudden she stands up and she's pregnant again. Oh, shit. So she... She's like, all right. She's like, I should be good for a couple more days. And then she like goes through his stuff and grabs what she wants. And then she starts to walk away. That was the end of his story. (laughs) (laughs) And so as much as I thought it was like a crazy story to see it was very odd. And it because I'm I'm 13. I'm thinking about, you know, starting to get into like chickies and stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm like. This was like some good information. I'm almost taking notes, you know. Hey, this is the better than the birds of the beast talk. So when that guy starts to yell, his ass is deflates, dude. I'm telling you, it deflates, and he gets sucked into her, scared the living shit out of me. Like I was expecting this scene to be cool, and it went very bad, man, very bad. I watched it again last night just to just to watch and uh actually the movie was better than I remember because the stories were really cool uh it's it's 1990 caliber though you know what I mean special effects and stuff right 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 but yeah that that scene still did freaking give me like a little like felt a little shiver down the spine like why did I could almost see if it was from the front and the guy kind of disappeared in her belly drop like you could have shot it differently and it would have been better to take. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like yeah, yeah. over her shoulder or something. And he just disappears and you assume he got sucked in because her belly got big. So what was the most disturbing thing? It's the the fact that you saw his ass fold inside itself or what? That she sucked him in with her cooter, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a powerful, that's a powerful weapon for a woman right there. She'd be able to just suck people through. And the fact that it was just like, she's, she's like, well, she'd be good for a couple more days. Like she pats her stomach, man. <laughs> Like, she's an alien, or that's how she eats. But it was just, like, I don't know if she could have been a demon. They didn't even really say it. But it was just like, wow, that was... And, I mean, we're talking clothes and everything, dude, went in there. <laughs> so, I don't know if when she was pulling out in the that night where she was pulling out, like, the extra clothes. I don't know if that was, like, she was, cause she was just reaching under her dress. Maybe after she finishes digesting she pulls the clothes out. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking way too into that. <laughs> But Grimm's Prairie Tales, watch it. If you're a big James Earl fan, James Earl Jones, don't let that one get by you. Was this something that you come across on cable TV or was this? No, we rented it. (laughs) Dude, I tell you, man, we read every I've seen every A to Z cheesy 1990 scary movie at least one time. (laughs) But this one we actually liked. We rented it a couple times. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And uh, that part, it never weirded me out as much as it did the first time. But I know that when it would come up again, I would kind of, I was always, quote unquote, had somewhere else to look with the butt deflating and the sucking mm-hmm. in. Because mm-hmm. that part still was weird. I mean, if, if you got a chance, I don't know if you can, 
like YouTube Grim Prairie Tale butt sucking or something, <laughs> but it is the weirdest looking thing. And it was funny because I couldn't find it on any platform except the whole movie is available on YouTube for free. Oh, oh okay. So I watched it last night on YouTube. Yeah, but that I that scene really screwed with my mind. I and that that was a timing thing too because I think that was because I was just like dangling into puberty. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff was like these were things that I was having questions on, but I wasn't asking nobody about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean because like totally understand because it's it, it. I think that it plays with you, especially when that age when you're going through so many changes. Changes. Yeah, because a lot of things you you're looking for information. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you don't have to ask about it. So for I, I'm not saying that I thought that could really happen, <laughs> but it's just like damn, dude. Really now I got to worry about this. <laughs> like my my whole goal was to get to where he was at, and now I'm like maybe. Maybe I should rethink this. Uh, all right, that's great. That's a great pick. <laughs> that's an interesting pick, man. <laughs> that, that, dude, my best thing was that that pull through with the Brad Dordiff. That was a good arc right there. He left that one for me. That was a, that was a good angle into that stuff. <laughs> all Thank right. you, Brad. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, for my second pick, uh, my second movie scene. Uh, this is. I think this is pretty well known movie uh, it's not it's no grim prayer prairie tales right because they're on the prairie uh but uh this is cujo from 1983 Ooh, <laughs> one of my faves dude cujo cujo can he get us in here can he eat his way in here can he my God, I'm losing my baby. From the novel by Stephen King, creator of Carrie and The Shining, comes a startling vision of fear. Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo. So, 1983, still very young. Uh, probably, probably seven years old, eight years old. Wait, wait, how old? Yeah, seven years old when I was watching this. Uh... That considered, I, 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 surprisingly, not considered one of the greater Stephen King ad- adaptations, but I think it's a freaking great movie. I re- recently watched it. it well, for his, it's so hard for him because he's so out there and his books are so good. Mm-hmm. You still can't do some of that shit on a movie. It's still too hard to do some of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to think back then, it's almost damn near impossible. Yeah. And in, and this one, this is really kind of straightforward. It's a, It's just about a, a big freaking canine that goes crazy and that's 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 the plot but it's i think it's so well done and it it has a lot of kind of deeper meaning into it i recently watched it and i was surprised at how well it it it, um it still holds up and Mm -hmm. um d wallace the great scream queen dude great d wallace and this is et uh this is probably right after et and she she again plays a mother and she is stuck you know the scene I'm thinking of is that she is stuck in a in her car, her shitty Ford Pinto car, and she's stuck with her little boy while this monstrous Saint Bernard dog, which is infected by a severe case of rabies, is trying to break into the car. And when I was thinking about it, I go, "Okay, which scene is this?" Well, the, fi- the whole final third act is is just basically them stuck in in a car. So I, I guess the scene I was really freaked out by was probably the first scene where the mother realized that there's a monstrous dog out there who wants to kill her and her child. And the scene is where the dog kind of jumps. It's a really great effective jump scare scene where the dog just jumps into the open 
car window and tries to, you know, attack. And then she's trying, at the same time, she's trying to unlock the safety belt for her, for her little boy. Oh, I can't get it. Pull. Who's her little boy? Uh, the kid from uh, Who's the Boss? What's <laughs> that? <laughs> like Danny something, right? Like oh, uh, Panero, Panero. Yeah, because like he was like a like a big um, uh, for uh, uh, gay actors and movie stars. Yeah, someone who came out. Yeah, later, out, yeah. later in life. For it. It, she, he, one of the best performance of a little boy I ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is up there with Haley Joe Osmond in The Sixth Sense. I think the, it's a tremendous performance by this kid. Did they do a great job of stress in that movie because they got the dog? It's like a thousand degrees. <laughs> yeah, the boys got asthma. They are, you know what I mean? He's sweating his ass off. So is the mom. They had to take off their clothes just because of the heat. <laughs> the heat oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful third act. I mean, one yeah. of the best third acts of a horror movie, especially for for a Stephen King film. And especially since, dude, there's it's uh, two people and a dog. Yeah, simple. It's not. Yeah, it's a very very small easy straight line and they they he he does such a good job you know back then i think you you forget how how vulnerable we were driving cars especially without cell phones you know like like if someone was driving on the road in the 80s that's it you can't there's no way to contact them they're on the road you you, you wait for someone to come by like i remember what i remember i have a memory of my father and me and my siblings my sister and brother uh the the car broke down in the freeway uh, my my dad had to walk out and go get a mechanic and it took forever it took hours and we're stuck in the middle of the free- well, not in the middle of the freeway but on the side of the freeway it was like kind of uh the the freeway and uh exit and the cop showed up and then saying where's your dad or where's your parents really and we were, we're like he's gone to get a, a mechanic and it was like kind of freaky. I mean, we're stuck, you know, we were stuck in our car and, and we're, st- you know, the cops are here and, and, you know, dad's, we don't know. That what shit the is traumatizing. Right yeah. There. <laughs> well, I don't know where my dad went. I mean, he may have just forgotten us, you know, so he's it, gone, it, mister. <laughs> and it, I just remember thinking it took forever. Just take, it took forever. And that kind of the thing that conjures up when I'm watching this scene is it, you, you're so vulnerable when you're in this car and you have your parent there and this dog, this fucking dog, man, doesn't want to quit. And it, it's a fant- it's a really a really great movie. And I, I, I want to really just say that I think rewatching it, uh, there's kind of like an underlying uh, premise here about you know infidelity. The mother is like not a perfect mother. She is. Yeah, she was uh, banging the tennis guy or something. Right? Yeah, or like the carpenter or, or yeah, oh, the, that's the, right, that's the, right, yeah, the yeah. handyman guy. And she's a total, totally flawed person. And so she's sleeping with the, this guy behind her husband's back and the husband's so busy at work, you know, and that's part, the, the marriage is falling apart. And then the, the whole third act becomes this kind of, um, you know, this whole kind of uh, survival thriller about how, you know, this mother needs to muster up this en- enough courage and fortitude to to not only save herself, but also save her, her son. And uh, you, so you're, the movie kind of challenges you 
do you really root for this person? And I think at the end of the end of the day, you do because it's it's such a uh, humanistic type of vulnerable feeling that you get from the movie. I I was really shocked at how well this hood up. It's still held held up, and it's it's a great great horror movie. It's a great thriller. It's a great survival thriller. I I think it's one of the better films that came out in the early 80s and i gotta get my kids to watch this <laughs> yeah they would they would love it it's so basic but they would like it it's it's fantastic i think it's it's and, and the dog itself is kind of like a, a a symbolism of 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 a broken marriage really you know that dog is like kind of you know uh it's like it's like a an allegory for 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 dread in a, in a marriage in a family you know if you could conquer this dog then you could save the marriage really it's i mean i think it's a really interesting film well wait and, so this it's the the actual it's not one four minute scene it's the actual whole third act that is well, the i, I, I scary <laughs> part the, the, I, guess I would say the first the first scene where she is locked in the car for the first time that would, I guess, that would be the most traumatizing thing. Okay, because you know when I think about it, it was very vague in in what I remember of that movie, and only when I rewatched it, I kind of figure out, oh, okay, so it must have been this scene. But yeah, I mean, for those who don't know the movie, it's she is having car trouble with her car, her Ford Pinto, by the way. <laughs> And she goes to a local uh, uh, mechanic who lives in this Which farmhouse. Which is weird because he's like a farmer. Yeah. yeah, he lives in this farmhouse. And his dog has rabies. Like, you know, I think it was bitten by a bat and goes crazy and kills them. Yeah, that's, I think, and it's funny because they roll that over the uh, credits, right? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. opening credits, he yeah. like, yeah, chases a bat into a hole or a rabbit. And then the hole, there's a bat and the bat comes and bites him on the nose. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So, so she's there and she's already having car trouble anyway. So she can't drive away. That's the whole idea of it. And so she's like stuck there for for day for a couple of days. Yeah, like almost a day and a half or so. Oh, yeah, she only had a little bit of water. And, and it's it's hot because they had to roll up the windows and it's hot. It's a it's a terrific movie. It's a really terrific movie. And then uh, uh, what one of the favorite parts is that um, doesn't like. Um, I think the dad it gets killed or so, somehow the dad's missing. The right. his family's gone, so they keep calling the he, house. They sp- and every time the every time the phone rings, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, dog yeah. goes insane. <laughs> it starts to like ram the car and stuff. Yeah, the 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 dad separated, and they were going to take a break. And he, I think he was off on a business trip, and then he said, "Fuck this, I'm going to save my marriage." And then he notices like his wife is gone and his his son is gone. Now he's thinking that they took they took off, but then you know he finds out, oh no, no, something's going on here. And yeah, he tries to call. And it, it was, it's so funny because the boy, you know, the, the kid, the tremendous, like I said, a tremendous performance by this kid from Who's the Boss. Yeah. <laughs> and he's crying for his dad. And d is like, oh, can I get your dad? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> She's selling it. She time. she is perfect, pitch perfect in this in yeah. this role, and she's the best thing about it. I mean, I I, I really love. It. I I was I'm telling you, I was shocked how well this movie <laughs> holds up. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good one, dude. It's a really good one. So that that's my second uh, pick. Cujo, family stuck in a car because because uh, a freaking dog. That's but good. It scared the shit out of me. <clears throat> that was a very good one. That's good. Okay, I'm gonna go with my third and final entry. 
Dreamscape. <laughs> oh, shit. Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. Going into another person's dream, if I have to see that, you believe it. He is about to enter a world that no one has ever seen before. The world of your dreams. It's a dream, Alex! You can do anything you want in here! Dennis Quaid, Kate Capshaw, Dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. Okay, 1984, <laughs> Dennis Quaid. I have a thing with, like, Freddy, anything that... I don't think it's fair that you can come at me in my dreams. Because <laughs> uh, that's the one thing. It should be private. It should be my own. It should be untouchable. But as we know, that's what makes it even more taboo. That's why they do it. Okay. Uh, this is a hit or miss. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of people haven't. Um, my mom, like, for most of the movies that I watched when I was younger that I shouldn't have, that's, this is her. Um, she used to love this movie. I don't know if she loved Dennis Quaid or what, but okay. <laughs> There's actually two scenes. Okay, this is the sub scene. There's a scene where, okay, so basically what it is, is Dennis Quaid, he gets the power to go into your dream. Like, he can sit, sleep in the next room if you're sleeping. He somehow has found the ability to go into your dream. And he knows it's a dream, so he can manipulate stuff, whatever. So, <laughs> the first part that always weirded me out, and this is, this is just a little bonus, is that there's a scene where he goes in and there's a, a wife and she's, she's banging like the neighbor. Oh my God! He actually goes into a dream to help a guy that thinks his wife's cheating. And the guy's like, come on, let's go upstairs. She's, we could catch her in the act. And you hear her having sex. And he goes upstairs, and it's a, a, a chick and she, his wife, and she's having sex with another guy. It was my own brother. Hi, George. And the guy that he went into his dream, he's like, look, there she is right now. And she's begging the guy, and he's like, how could you do this? And he goes... In front of the children, and you turn, and there's two kids sitting in a chair, <laughs> like lined up next to the bed, watching their mom <laughs> bang the stranger guy. In front of the children. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he goes as much as he goes, in front of the priest, and then the next to <laughs> the kids is a priest. Okay, that part always weirded me out, man, because these kids, I know what they cut, you know what I mean? So it's like when he said, when they panned over. There really wasn't two naked people banging in a bed. You know what I mean? Because these kids were like five and six years old. Anyway, that part always weirded me out. But my actual entry. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you remember the movie Dreamscape? Um, very little. Very little. Oh. I gotta watch. I gotta rewatch it, though. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So there's another bad guy in this movie, and he's also able to enter dreams. But what they do is they have this guy, and he goes and he's he's found out how to kill people. So basically, people are using uh, governments can use him as an assassin to uh, kill the president. So anyway, he enters a dream and he watches the main guy and this main guy, um, he's fighting this somebody and this person turns into this cobra headed creature person's body, but his head morphs into a cobra, like with the hood and everything. I know something you're really afraid of. <laughs> That was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. I mean, like eyes, like a like a cobra, but like where a person's would be, the tongue and the whole like, but the body, dude. And 
Dennis Quaid, he gets freaked out at the same exact time I was freaking out. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me being a kid. This is some scary shit. And oh my God, that for weeks, dude, weeks, that thing was after me in my dreams. Like I couldn't even like even a cat nap in the afternoon. I wake up sweating because that thing was coming after me. Dude, if you could just Google it. Cobra headed guy from whatever dreamscape, dude. That was the scariest thing. But later on in the movie, the anti hero, um, his name is uh, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Who, uh, uh, my favorite thing in Commando was he was the guy that uh, Schwarzenegger dropped. He goes, Remember when I told you I killed you last? I lied. <laughs> and he lets him go. He's also in uh, 48 Hours. He's the guy that has the car. I've been busy. Um, yeah. Been, yeah. It's, get this. It's been here for 18 years. <laughs> It was also in the Warriors with the, you know, Warriors come yeah. out and play. He's a, when you see his face, it's hard to not know. Yeah. Uh, no, but ever since this movie, I, I can't stand that guy. Because <laughs> what he does is later in the movie, he's actually, go, him and Dennis Quaid are fighting through dreams. And he knows that Dennis Quaid's afraid of that thing. So at the very end, he turns into that thing just to get the upper hand on Dennis Quaid because Dennis Quaid gets scared. So when he turns into this thing, it's the cobra-headed thing, but it still looks like kind of the guy. And I want to say it, like, talks and everything, so it got even scarier. Why, Tommy? Why do you do it? Why, Tommy? Daddy? I love Tommy. Daddy, I'm sorry. I, I hate that guy now. Like, <laughs> Patrick Kelly guy, David Patrick Kelly. I don't like anything he's in. I like the Schwarzenegger dropped him. Uh, yeah, I... I I want to say that I watched it again, but I didn't because I remember after a couple more times of watching it, it didn't get less scary that it got more scary because every time I watched it, I picked up more details so that every time I dream about it, you know what I mean? So I, I maybe I'll try it again as an adult, but I haven't I oh. haven't seen it since I've been an adult. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. If you bet me five bucks, maybe I'll watch it. But No, but you, I mean, you, you were able to detail all the, the scenes together. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, stuck to my, it's like stuck to my ribs. Um, yeah. No. Was this a movie that you rented or? Um... No, my mom used to watch this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I used to come in at different parts and I never watched the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, I want, okay. I think we got an, uh, a VCR early in life. Uh-huh. Like we won it or somehow instead of a Christmas they spent all the money on, like, when VCRs were, like, 500 bucks. <laughs> and we would tape, um, like, Showtime and HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to say we had this movie, and when you put it in the VCR, the HBO logo used to come up first. Like, the old school. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, she taped it off of that, and... It was one of her go-to movies, and I had never seen that part. And then when I finally saw the whole movie in its entirety, yeah, it scared me to death. And then, like, I'd walk in, like, the house, like, from playing. I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to sit down. And I'd walk in the room, and she'd be watching, and then i just, I wouldn't even sit down. I'd just make a circle and come back out. Like, nope. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to play J.I. Joe's in my room. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I'd still rather not watch it. As a- <laughs> just thinking about it, I think. I was, yeah. I'm gonna give them one. I'm gonna retire that movie. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's a cult classic. I mean, a lot of people love Dreamscape, and yeah, I, you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta check that out. I, I totally forgot. It's but, a, it's a great concept. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can enter people's dreams, and then I, and it's the whole like, remember how you uh, back in the day with the um, what's it called when you could actually wake up in your dream, but oh, you're uh, still in the dream? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Lucid, lucid, lucid dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's a great concept. So imagine if you could go into somebody else's dream and do that. You'd be like all powerful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for my final pick, my final scene, I, I went with a classic. It's a, uh, it's Poltergeist, nineteen eighty two. Poltergeist. It knows what scares you. Again, I was very young. Uh, I was probably the same age as the boy in the in the film. I mean, I was like six years old. And you know, obviously, everyone knows about Poltergeist. This is the classic uh, ghost movie. Uh, supernatural thriller by produced Supposed by to be haunted <laughs> produced by uh, steven spielberg directed by toby hooper from a uh, texas chainsaw massacre fame and a really great cast uh, um so this actually when i think about it and you, there's so many scenes in this movie that i could pick from you know there's the tree outside the window scene you know the boy gets sucked in the tree that's fucking freaky <laughs> You got the creepy doll scene, you know, the, again, you know, there is a, this is a fantastic core movie. Uh, there's also the scene with Kara Ann uh, getting sucked into the closet. So that could have been one scene. And and, and really not to mention all the, the scary shit that the parents went through. And so there's so many scenes. I and this from. movie was like a cultural phenomenon, like the whole they're here. You know what I mean? You would see that in commercials yeah. and other selling cars. And yeah, this, this oh, movie yeah. changed a lot of people. It's probably one of their first scary movies, and this is this. I think this probably was my first, you know, traditional scary movie that I saw in a movie theater. And it was almost like up to this point, it would be taboo, yeah, you know, to make a movie about something like this for fear that this was going to actually happen to you. Because just to be safe, let's not talk. Let's not make this movie. You know, just just to be safe. And I think a lot of people may not may not realize that this was PG. And that whole families could go to watch it. And it's one of the scariest movies of the 80s. And uh, so the scene I remember was really, <laughs> and this makes a lot of sense if you know me, it's the dude eating the late night leftover chicken scene. <laughs> it's the guy who, uh, it's uh, he's one of the paranormal investigators. And he's the guy with the glasses. And it's, uh, you know, it's the scene that's late at night. And he's looking for something, something to eat. And he goes to the kitchen and he opens the refrigerator door and he opens and he pulls out a chicken drumstick and he puts it in his mouth. And he also pulls out a slab of uncooked meat and he lays it, he lays it on the kitchen counter. And then he pulls out a uh, frying pan and then he hears like these strange sounds. And then he turns around and he sees the meat. The meat is so slowly crawling across the counter. And he walks up to it, and the meat starts to explode from from inside. And he spits out the, the the chicken drumstick onto the floor, and then he sees that the drumstick is filled filled with maggots. So all this is kind of like already <laughs> freaking out. You know, I was freaking out. And already you can't drink punch anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
but I think the real kicker of this kind of sequence is that he runs to the to the bathroom to throw up and wash out his mouth, and he kind of looks up into the bathroom mirror. I guess, I guess it's not the bathroom; it's the washroom. It's right next to the laundry room where he is. And the, in the in the in the washroom, the light starts to glow red. It's like kind of looks like a microwave or something. And he's looking in the mirror, and his skin starts to peel. And then big chunks, big bloody chunks of his face starts to drop or starts to fall into the sink. And like for a minute there, you can see his bloody skeleton face before it zaps back to normal. And I think that's the thing that freaked me the fuck out. (laughs) That's the scene I like. Oh, what the fuck, man? This is so fun. And maybe it's because it started really slow and it's late night. And it's, you know, some of the characters were whispering, you know, they're like, you know, next day, next day is going to be a big day. Get some, get some rest, you know? And I, that that started this kind of feeling, this unqueasy feeling. And then we get to that late night in the kitchen. Because I think we all kind of, <laughs> we've all been there, late night in the kitchen. And it feels so eerie when there's no sound. And then, and you expect to be, it's just you. You know what I mean? The whole world's asleep and it's only you that's there. Yeah, and there's an uneasiness to the, that quietness. And... But also, the, you know, the, the, it ramps up. It ramps up into, you know, to the bathroom scene, and he's looking in the mirror, and then, you know, his face falls off. It's a, I don't know. It's just an incredible sequence, and I loved it. I mean, I loved it now. Back then, I was terrified, and it was one of the movies that freaked me out when I was a kid. And it, it, when I watched it in theaters, uh, I I think I just closed my eyes because I don't remember it. The scene, the, the reason I picked this scene is because of the. The, the memory I have of watching it on VHS and it's me in the living room with my brother and sister and also my cousins came over. Uh, they they would come over at during that time uh, during holidays. So it must be something up near holiday. And they were, they're like a little bit older than me. I was like kind of the youngest in the group and they're, you know, they're, we're all watching Poltergeist and I was just so freaked out by that scene, particularly that scene. Although I could have probably picked the whole every, everything else in the in the, in the movie, yeah, it's, but, it's a, it's but that, that movie sticks to you. That yeah, that that moment where he, he the face you know falls you know uh, you know the chunks of his face fall into the sink and the skeleton you know I don't know it's something about it it's just wow that's that so wouldn't have got a PG now oh no just way gruesome yeah I mean because I think at the time it was no PG thirteen. I don't think it would have got it got in a PG thirteen anyway, but uh, well, I think it was just uh, what nudity and cussing back then. Yeah, that's, that's they a didn't li- give a shit about yeah. anything brutal or gory. Yeah, and I, it's, maybe that's the reason why we we have become so hardened with, when, with <laughs> our generation because you know we could take some of this shit. I mean, yeah. we saw Jim Jones' story when I was four years old. I mean. That was available on, for public television. So I mean, yeah, yeah it was on regular TV. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I think maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should make some of these um, <laughs> mandatory watches for kids in public school. <laughs> Time to toughen America up. But yeah, but Poultry Guys, a fucking classic. It's one of my favorite horror movies, and 
probably one of the reasons why I I kind of left horror genre until later in life. I, I think I didn't really picked up it during my teen years. I kind of later in my teen, later in my early twenties, I kind of. So wait, you never watched the sequels? No, really. Two was just as scary. It had a whole Indian burial ground going. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I heard heard about the horrible story about you know the girl who plays Carol Carol Ann. Hey, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there was all these rumors about the the cast too. I mean, uh, that they were they were haunted. Dominic Dunn, who plays the older sister in the in the family, she was murdered right before the release of the film. She was. You know the tie-in on that one to our first podcast. Griffin Dunn's sister. Griffin Dunn's sister, mm, baby. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is an incredibly kind of haunting back to, behind the scenes kind of stories. But yeah. well, they also sadly said that this uh, it killed Craig T. Nelson's career. <laughs> Why? Because he, he was big in TV. No, because he still had Coach, right? He's yeah. He, Coach he, was after he, this, and he's also the voice of uh, Incredibles, Mister Incredible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so maybe the mean part three killed it. Oh, was he in part three? There was there was three. Yeah, there was a third. No, you know what? I don't think he was in three. Three was like a weird high rise. I think the only one left in three was the girl, the oh. blonde, Heather O'Rourke or whatever. Yeah, he- Heather O'Rourke. Yeah, I remember that story about how she kind of died very young and tragically. They did all kinds of weird bullshit um, folklore, urban legend stuff, right, with her? Yeah, don't you remember the, the rumors about her? Uh, dude, it was horrible, and I don't want to repeat it, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it that yeah? It's, there's a feminine. It involved a feminine product that she didn't know that she was supposed to take okay, out. Okay, so I was I wasn't the only one who. Th- no, I, you know. I fucking heard that in high school, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, uh, dude! It's got its own name. It's like a yeah, toxic uh, something. Toxic sepsis syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it makes sense. Everything comes out of your body, then it becomes toxic, and then went back into her body. But that, that's but what that's got to be that, bullshit. That, yeah, that right? was that was bullshit because I think it was an yeah. intestinal problem that she had. Yeah, it's kind a of, horrible thing to yeah. make or to yeah. How sad though, because I mean that kind of stuff. It, it just shows you what kind of people, you know, what people like remember. You know what I mean? If we if it was something good about her or whatever, we wouldn't have had the same story that we remembered hearing. Yeah, I know. I, I, the, the good thing about the internet, we we could double check on these things. Yeah, fact check that stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but anyway, it's just an incredible movie. and uh, uh, Definitely watch that if you if you haven't seen it. Fantastic movie. Great for for a beginners if you want you want something to introduce you to the horror genre. It's a fantastic movie. You know what sucks, dude? This one, okay, so we got six movies between us. Uh, two of mine I'm recommending you don't watch. <laughs> 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 and yours like are all classics or do watch yeah like dreamscape you can watch it everybody watch it but don't watch kindred horrible grim prairie tales if you get mad when you watch it i didn't get i didn't recommend it but then i'm telling people watch cujo if you haven't it's such a good movie definitely watch poltergeist so good jim jones eh, leave that up for them to decide <laughs> but you had some pretty good you had some pretty good watches right there well i mean it's it, it really shows you the differences between us growing up. I mean, you were a guy who kind of went to the local video store and got everything. I wasn't that. I was kind of more of a guy who, I guess, main, more mainstream stuff. Or I would watch more kind of stuff that came out much later, I guess. Well, uh, I think what it was was I we would always walk in on my mom watching something, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't tell us to leave. So that's how we got our affinity for horror, like, Silver Bullet, probably one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember watching it. I sat down and she was watching it. Oh, wow. 
and like she didn't say leave it was about a little kid you know and a werewolf so it's like i don't know it's like she didn't make it oh you shouldn't be watching this <laughs> i think the only thing she ever did that was like stuff with like okay put it this way i was allowed to watch that i was allowed to watch anything she drew the line at purple rain really because there was some crazy sex scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said it was too dirty. I, I did it. Still haven't seen it. Are you, kidding, are you kidding me? That's a no, fantastic never movie. No. It's a great. My mom never told me it was okay. <laughs> she just told me not to watch it. It's it's look. It's not the you know. It's not. It's going to win any Oscars. Okay, but, yeah. But it's a fantastic you know, bio, musical biopic or not biopic, but a musical dr- uh, drama. And it's Prince at, in his prime. It's like one of the great kind of... Oh, I love Prince, too. I'll yeah. take your word for it, though, because my mom told me not to. <laughs> and I listened to what my mama says. All right. But yeah, it was just funny, though, what her line, where she drew the line. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex. It was, I, Sex. I got pissed, too, because my sister's only two years old. I mean, she got to watch it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had sex before her. <laughs> there you go, Ma. Let's screw that one up. All right, well, we'll end it there then. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to Tarantino's. Uh, I guess we have more episodes coming back coming soon. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, what else can we say? Wait, uh, I want to do my recommends. Uh, yeah. Is it cool? Or yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because uh, I was telling you that uh, I do watch modern movies. I watch. I I was thinking about. It. I watch like way too many movies, like for hours a week. Like, I must not sleep or something. I think it's the whole, I used to waste so much time on my commute to work, but now that I work from home. But uh, recent movies I watched, super good. Um, I'm recommending. Uh, first one is, a, it's a thriller. Uh, Hunter Hunter. Very good flick. I don't want to tell you anything about it. I'm just, in the beginning, it might be almost a little confusing, but it's one of those ones where they, they throw you into the mix and you kind of put it together. And then it comes together and it starts rolling really good. Uh, if you're a big horror fan, you like monsters, mostly mythical stuff. Uh, Headhunter. Right now, I think it might only be available on Shutter, or if you have a different way to watch uh, flicks, uh, try it. Uh, about a Viking that needs to get revenge for the thing that killed his kid. So basically, anytime something anywhere is found, like uh, any kind of a, a creature, they basically give him the signal and he goes out, finds it, and kills it. Great flick. Uh, and then the last one, um, man, what was it? There was a third one. Yeah, Wolf of Snow Hollow. A little cheese, but as far as werewolf movies go, it's on par. It's 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 good. I recommend you guys watch it. It's it's an uh it's a independent kind of movie uh writer directors is the main guy i think so so that check that one out three great picks for you to check out uh some options there because you, you, the, the movies the, that you are we were talking about earlier you don't want people to see <laughs> so you got three uh, alternatives here exactly <laughs> so for the time i've wasted with those other ones i'll give you some like some positive to put in there all right All right, thank you for listening to Tarantino's. We'll be back with a new episode, hopefully very soon. But yes, please uh, pay attention to this this, uh, podcast and we'll have great content in the future months ahead. 
Yeah, as long as one person listens, we'll keep doing it. Oh, of course. This is great fun for us. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. And bye-bye. Later, guys. <laughs>